Hello and welcome to The Big Chat, a podcast that champions individuals and businesses at the heart of their communities. Um, Making sure they understand how accountable they need to be in the business, but being positive throughout so that they literally love what they do. I think magazines will always be around. I think there'll always be a market for them. I think advertisers like being on paper. But in another way, it actually gave me that time to really grow and develop and, um, yeah, build it, basically. We, we try to communicate more with clients than most accountants do. The Big Chat. This is all about collaboration and giving people in our towns the chance to have their say, their way. Hello, I'm Nicole and welcome to The Big Chat and I am incredibly excited about, I'm always excited but incredibly excited today because I'm going to be talking to a great friend of mine and a fabulous businesswoman, Anna Robertshaw. Anna Robertshaw! (laughs) Hello! Hello! Hi! Hello! How are you? I'm so good. It's so lovely to be here. It's so lovely to have you. I've obviously wanted to talk to you. Well, I talked to you many times, (laughs) but I've wanted to talk to you on here uh, for a long, long time. And it's been so interesting because some certain things have developed recently very quickly for you. Um, But for those of people that don't know you or don't know about you, could you just tell people a little bit about who you are, where, you know, where you're from, what you've been doing, and then we can really dive into what's going yes. to happen next. Okay, <laughs> cool. Good question. So who am I? Well, um, I've been in Tunbridge Wells now for a long time. Um, I am a yoga teacher. I've been teaching now for 10 plus years, on and off. And I, for the last year, have also been adding lots of sort of different things to the pot. So I'm a woman, I'm a mum to three teenage boys, so many hats and roles that we all play and love about our lives that means that, you know, we're constantly sort of shifting and changing and moving and, and um, what else? So I have had a studio in Tunbridge Wells, I've taught um, in other studios in the local area and... I'm a Reiki healer, yeah, a NADA protocol ear acupuncture therapist, yeah. and this last year I've been studying art in psychotherapy, which has been incredible, and that uh, finishes in July. So that's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but I think that's it. I mean, I think, and, and in lockdown, you were doing a lot of online classes as well, weren't you? You were offering online classes, yoga to people and really helping people with that too. Yes, yeah, I did some bits and pieces, but I also took some time out. Mm. I was really aware of um, people, you know, starting up. It was so incredible how mm. we adapted, mm. all of us. And I really felt that I just needed some time out to rest and process because the last three years for me personally, and also, you know, for many of us has been so intense. And actually, before we went into lockdown, I have to say quite quietly to myself, I was just wishing to step off this kind of roundabout and this motion. And then this massive thing happened and I was quite grateful, I mm. have to say. 
I think there's a few of us that are quite grateful. And I mean, we're very fortunate. We do live in rather a beautiful place, quite close to each other. <laughs> so we we, we were each other's bubble, yes. really. We've been very lucky, haven't yeah, we? Yeah. But I mean, certainly when I first, well, I met you many years ago. Many years ago. When you were about 17. I think a bit younger than that. I, I think mean, I was maybe 15. Maybe 15. You took me, me clubbing up to Club UK. I never took you <laughs> clubbing up to Club UK. I don't know what she's talking about. But I was a little bit older than you and I didn't bit. then see you again until much later on when I yes. was actually a yoga student at a class and you were also a fellow student. And then like you said, you opened up a studio. Yes. So it was really interesting to then meet you and I absolutely love the way that you teach, as you know. Thank it really you. I just find the way that you teach just beautiful. It's Thank just you. it's it work it definitely works you. You definitely work me out when you do <laughs> yoga with me. But it's also very soft and very gentle and mm. I think you really um, have an empathy for people in mm. your teachings mm. so you were doing a lot of teaching weren't you and you were teaching a lot in studios but then like you say when lockdown came you wanted some time out mm. w- was that just because it was becoming a bit of a relentless you know as we've I, all found I think I, I've I've had quite a stop start career it hasn't been linear mm. but the more I'm learning and this year turning 42 I'm absolutely understanding that life isn't linear. We seem to think that we have these set ways of being and I'm really embracing that now, you know, the sort of the 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 flow and actually I have to say I'm really good at knowing what I need. Yes, you are. And for the first time ever I'm able to say that despite potentially, you know, what some people may think. And so therefore this kind of stop start, you know, having opened a studio in Tunbridge Wells and being there for four years and then going through the process of my dad being very ill. I know you can relate to this Mm. and making the decisions take time out for him in the few months that we had with him and then him dying and the end of my marriage at that point too. And then I set up a new business and I rented a space in a spa And it was all go, go, go. Because again, to me, it was like, I have to do this. You know, I'm a single mum of three boys. And I get lots of support from their dad in terms of, you know, him helping to look after them. But, you know, I'm supporting myself. And I was very much on that trajectory. And I think I hit burnout. And you know what? I set that business up. And I've told you this before, I know. I was running, I think, at one point, 10 classes a week. And when I set retreat up, I actually said to myself, I'm only going to be able to do this for six months. And sure enough, actually tied in with then the landlord selling the business anyway, um, I hit burnout. Yeah. And I just thought that's so fascinating because this deep knowing and intuition that actually we all have, we all have this capacity. Mm. Um, and that sort of sight and that vision and knowing that and almost setting it up on that premise, I find quite incredible. <laughs> it's so incre- it's so incredible, and it what you know, and I mean, I, I mean, I know at that time when you had that when when you had retreat, I mean, mm. it was a, it was a real gift for me as well because. I'd obviously, my dad had passed away and I used to, I think I said to you a couple of days ago, every time I come into your class at the end of it, I just cry. It was, just, But it was such a release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was such an amazing release. And I think that you do really nurture people in what you do. I mean, what made you. you want to 
be interested in yoga in the first place? Because you were always into your fitness, weren't you? For those always. that don't know, you've yeah. always been very driven with your fitness and your health. Yes, thank you. Yes, I have. And I'd had gym memberships and I'd run and I was in um, advertising um, in London mm. for a couple of years before I had Alfie. And um, I remember so many people at that point saying to me, you should try yoga, you'd love it. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe. And sure enough, um, it was two very dear friends of mine that sort of introduced me to yoga. And I did, I absolutely adored it. It was the first thing that I tried that really got me not only into the physical space of my body, but also actually at that point I'd had my third boy, George, and I'd lost my identity. Mm. I'd had three boys well, I had three boys under the age of three and a half. My body had been through this massive shift and change. And of course, I didn't quite appreciate it then, but actually I appreciate it more now. And I just, I literally, I'd get up in the morning. I didn't know what to wear. Um, I was unhappy mm. despite having these three beautiful boys Absolutely, in my life. Yeah. It was just anxiety. I was struggling with panic attacks it was a it was a really tough time and I did go to the doctors and they did prescribe me antidepressants um, and I took one and look you know western medicine is fantastic in many ways but it wasn't for me and I remember sitting in the back garden with my kids and it was like looking at life through a window through yeah. a screen and I just thought for me, it, it, it wasn't, I, I couldn't do it. Mm. It was a choice. And that choice brought me to a crossroads. So going back to your um, question about what got me into yoga was, it was the path of realization. And it was a path of reconnection back to myself, to my authentic self. And it's so powerful. Mm. I can't believe it, but it's been such a process, like really 10 plus years. Yeah. And we all want quick fixes, don't we? <laughs> Isn't that the thing? As we, you know, as we get older, it, it is that sort of patience that things yeah. don't happen over... You know, we do all want that quick fix. Of course. But actually, as you get older, you recognise that things that really... Sustainable change does take time. Yeah, yeah. And you have to have an amount of patience around yeah. things. And you have to trust, like you say, your intuition and trust the process and trust what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. Because like you say, 10 years, that... It's a long time and yet it doesn't feel like that long. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. <laughs> when you're 20, 10 years probably feels like a very long time <laughs> as you get older. No. And I read something beautiful the other day that said, you know, you spend half your life figuring out how to live your life mm. and then the second half of your life living it. Yeah. And I find that quite interesting because yes. yeah. I feel like that's something that's happening. True to us. So when you... Um, Obviously, yoga has always been a part of your... You've seen a lot of changes in that industry as well, haven't you? Because Massive changes. I was a yoga teacher when I first yes. reconnected with you. And even then, there was few of us, much fewer of mm. us in the town. Whereas mm. now it's burst out. There's lots of studios. There's lots of different people doing different types of yoga. Yes. And it's everywhere now. How have you found that industry change? You know, have, what have you noticed? Where's, where's it gravitated you towards? I think exactly that. And I think, um, well, much like you, I'm very, I'm always looking at things and I'm always trying to do something different. And I think, you know, the whole world could become a yoga teacher and we would all t um, teach in our authentic way. Yes. So, you know, everybody's unique. Everybody has their own message. And I really believe that. So I think it's fantastic that there is an increase in teachers. 
but I think um, for me, it's very much about um, that unique sense. The shift in the yoga industry um, has got very physical. Mm-hmm. Um, more high street, what I would call high street yoga is very physical. And that dynamic for me was um, really short-lived because actually I had a very dynamic practice and for me personally I can't speak for anybody else but I started to suffer a lot of physical pain Mm -hmm. I was going for constant massage you know my neck my shoulders and I was like why am I doing this I was teaching however many classes a week and it's I, I sort of lost my way with it I lost the connection to the reason why I was doing it so for me my yoga has very much been about the foundation of uh, an energetic practice, yeah. which essentially for me is what yoga is all about. It's shifting energy within the body yeah. and relabeling these sort of sensations that we feel, nerves, anxiety, mm. excitement, anticipation, mm. and trying to remove those labels and really kind of get a sense of where you're at in the body and maybe using asana or movement, you know, kind of yeah. just shaking it off, grounding, yeah. breathing in and leaning into things that make us feel uncomfortable. Yes. And for me, what's changed in yoga, not in all schools, of course, you know, I spent four weeks in Mexico a couple of years ago, a wonderful school um, in Mazunte, the Hiradaya school, very traditional teachings. And it was so wonderful to spend time connecting with heart mm-hmm kindness and unconditional love you know first and foremost for ourselves you know it's tossed around on social media isn't it self-care self-love and you know as a concept one might think well yeah okay have a bath in some epsom salts but these are practices they're rituals they're tributes that we pay to ourselves every single day every single moment we're so precious definitely life is so precious and absolutely, and I think when we did go into lockdown, and as you've as you've mentioned, you are very good at knowing what's good for you. Mm. I would say, as as your friend you. and someone that's worked with you, and it, it, being a student of yours, so many different capacities, you are very much you do know what's good for you. Mm. A lot of people, myself included, don't always know what's good for them. Mm. And I think in lockdown, everyone had to really address that. Yeah, you know, everyone had to stop. Yeah. Everyone was in the same sort of boat, you know, diff- different versions of, mm. but everyone really had to stop doing what they were doing. And it hit a lot of us in the face, like, mm. whoa, I've been running a million miles an hour and I've been doing this and doing that. Where am I going? Where am I heading to? Mm. Why am I doing this? Um, you, you know, th- that experience of being in lockdown was just just phenomenal. And I know with you and I, we did take some time out and yeah. it was really precious. Mm. And actually you were, you were, the online teaching that you were doing, a lot of that movement that you were talking about, you were just getting people to move. Mm. Did you, What did you learn about yourself in lockdown as well? You sort of said you got better at slowing down, but what else have you learned about yourself through that process? That's such a good question. Um, what did I learn about myself? Probably, like you say, much like a lot of us, that I have many distractions that I was using. Mm. You know, the busyness jumping in my car every five minutes, nipping into town, you know, grabbing this, grabbing that, shopping, love a bit of shopping, love a bit of retail therapy. And, um, you know, those, all those distractions were, were, were taken away. You know, we couldn't get in the car. We weren't allowed. We couldn't Mm. go drive down to the beach. So it was really about stripping that back, shedding layers and 
trying to find things you know within our vicinity that we could sort of empower ourselves again community so we're really lucky up here okay obviously we honored the social distancing rules but um you know we don't necessarily have the sort of normal family unit up here mm. so we sort of created that yeah. and that was really important um and within that space then there were some really uncomfortable things that came up for me mm. um first and foremost actually was um grieving mm. a lot of grief that i was holding on to because i hadn't allowed myself the space nor really through nobody's fault um, had the space held for me to properly grieve my dad. Yeah. And that was really eye-opening for me. Yeah. I was like, man, we carry around so much baggage constantly. And we're like, you know, we're so good, we're so stoic, and we're so adaptable. But, you know, to be able to take the time and the space to really sort of strip back. Absolutely. It's scary. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, certainly my personal experience going into lockdown and you mm. I mean again I want to talk to you about the NADA stuff because mm. I had an experience at the beginning of lockdown as you know where I was just like right I'm going to stop drinking I was taking painkillers because mm. I was in a lot of pain in my shoulders and I was like I'm going to stop taking painkillers I'm going to stop drinking I just stopped everything and actually what that did was brought so much pain up like physical pain mm. grieving mm. all those things you were amazing. This woman pinned my ears, <laughs> socially distancing, pinned my ears for me for what felt like, I don't know, about six times a day. We were just putting <laughs> pins in my ears. Um, and, and that really helped me. Yeah. How did you get into that? Because that's, because you've done a few, and melt you didn't mention as well. Oh, I didn't mention my melt. Because no. you've done, there's lots of different things that you've done around the body and movement yeah. and, and helping. So talk a bit about those because they've really helped me. So, um, um, oh, it was such a gift to be a part of that process. And the thing is, you're such a force. You always, like, you decide something and then you're like, that's you know, it. I'm going to do this. I'm doing it. No alcohol, <laughs> no tablets, pin me. That's it, exactly. It was but, like, okay, yeah. this is what we're doing. Yeah, I was a good good guinea pig for you, definitely. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. It was so nice to be a part of that. Um, so the NADA is an interesting one, um, a very dear wonderful um friend of mine Sarah Clifford was a lifeline with the NADA for me during dad's um illness mm -hmm. and I would go to her regularly much like actually you did during lockdown with me and I just found as a therapy it immediately grounded me really does but at the same time took me into this almost quite um yeah, it was like a meditation. So it's very centering. And I would just sit for, what, half an hour, 45 mm. minutes is normally what we put the, the pins in yeah. for. And um, it just, it recentered basically. It does, it recenters and it kind of resets you. It's really, it, it is grounding. I think that's it the is. only word for it. Yeah, and but it's hitting, so there's five points in the ear so it's shen men which is the sort of recentering point so in uh, chinese medicine shen men is sort of what they call heaven's gate and then we go into the um sympathetic nervous system which is obviously as you know the the doing mode yeah. um and and that eases the sympathetic which again is the sort of recentering the rest um and then we go into the kidney point 
the liver point and the lung point. So on one side we do upper lung and then on the other side we do the lower lung. Amazing. And you know, all these organs are targeting specific emotions as well. So for me, my lung point would always pop out because up to that point I was holding on to so much grief and yeah. lungs are known as the place that we hold on to grief. I think my kidney kept popping. Like, there's one <laughs> yeah. that just kept popping yeah. out. All the, but you're right, it yeah. is. It was just that, that was all one that would feel slightly more sensitive. Yes. And you can do this with children as well, don't you? Absolutely. So you... And you've done this with your boys, haven't you, yes. as well? And it's really helped, hasn't yes. it? Yes, so I wouldn't normally pin. I, I do with my boys. Joseph is no way. <laughs> <laughs> Alfie and George are a little bit more um, uh, e- easier for me for me to work with. But um, So I pin them because they're, they're my kids. Um, but for littlies or um, kids that are a bit nervous of the, the needles, yeah. I have um, ear seeds. Yeah. So they're just tiny little um, plasters and they activate the the points as effectively as as the pins and the melt as well because again I mean you are literally my angel (laughs) I couldn't walk in lockdown I thought it'd be a great idea just to you know not only stop drinking stop doing everything also just to wear flip-flops and bare feet everywhere so I thought well this is great I don't have to wear heels I don't have to go to work I'll just have bare feet the whole time and having been quite a serious accident in the Mm. soapbox and never addressed it, which was crazy now that I didn't do that, mm. but whatever. I think that my body then started to notice. And so I literally had plantar fasciitis. Plantar fasciitis, yeah. that I'm not very good at saying. And literally can walk. I couldn't even get out of bed. I was like, a, you know, it was awful. Yeah. It makes you sympathetic to people that can't walk. I know. And you gave me the melt balls yes. and showed me. And so you did that a while ago, didn't you, with the melt? Because I don't know many people that do that. Yeah, so the melt training I did with Sue Hitzman, she's a, a incredible um, woman and was incredible to learn with. There's nothing she doesn't know about the body. Mm. And I'd always had some loopholes um, in my uh sort of training that I'd done sort of anatomy training over the years in yoga and the melt training for me really ticked many boxes um, in terms of the connective tissue and how we're seeing it as this whole other body this whole other system and that actually um, you know even almost like your sixth sense and that we have to look after our connective tissue. So as you experience quite painfully during lockdown, that inflammation, which many of us can suffer from, yeah. either intermittently yeah. or you know more acutely. And then, uh, unfortunately, you know, as we age, um, you know, the the connective tissue um, in your body dehydrates, mm. and it's not just a case of drinking loads of water because I know if I just drink loads of water, guess what? I just pee more. Yeah. But the idea, very simply put, behind Mel is that you're massaging and working into the connective tissue. Now, the training that I did, the hand and foot method, is, as you know, the the balls, the soft and the hard balls, specific points, because obviously, like the ear acupuncture, acupressure, specific points in the hand and feet relate back to different organs and um, systems within the body. So you're doing this hand and foot treatment, takes you sort of five minutes a day, the more that you get into it, and you're looking after one of the most important systems of the body. Absolutely. And so, you know, even if you're just into it for the anti-aging element, Mm. you know, it's a great um, sort of, she calls it the facelift. It's really amazing. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, and it, yeah, because you massage your face with these balls. I mean, not only it feels great, but also like completely can just lift your face. Because I do, I do recall actually on social media, you have was it Sarah Clifford that did the pins in your face? Oh, you? the face acupuncture! <laughs> oh my god, that yes. woman, she's so incredible. I love her so much. The face acupuncture. I mean, look, you're 42 and you've had three boys and you look fabulous. So I think everyone's now going to be running out speaking to Sarah Clifford about getting facial pins, facelifts and melt balls because you look fabulous, darling. But I mean, that is, you know, you've always been very, you know, really open to trying different things. And and everything that you teach, and I can relate to this, as you know, you you, in all things that you do, you like to experience them yourself first. Mm. And then you love to share what you've learned with other people, don't you? Yes, I do. That seems to be the way that you do things. Yeah, I do. So the the uh, tell me about the, uh, the well the learning that you've been doing. So during lockdown, you know, <laughs> oh, I'll have a rest, and then I'll decide that I'm going to go and do a course. Well, yeah. I mean, what, the course that I you mean, did this, with the with the children's art and the psychotherapy—that's so been a big thing as well, so hasn't it? So the art psychotherapy, yeah. I mean, it's it's fascinating. I was really interested for myself to go back to childhood, mm. so the point at which we enter this world, and you know, we're we're brought into our sort of societal and familial patterns. Yeah wonderful parents love them and and you know society and then the patterns that and the messages that are basically kind of put upon us and I find that fascinating because to be honest I've often found that children speak a lot more sense than a lot of adults I know definitely (laughs) and I think it's such a pure state children are so so pure and I think it's such a a a wonderful time and I know we've talked Mm. a lot you know, when we, we were talking about the I Am Life project with Matt and yeah. the three of us were talking a lot about that state of being that children are in, you know, when they're so engrossed and they're down and they're playing and they have their hands in the dirt and they're sort of, and you're caught, as a parent, it's so frustrating, you're calling them and you're calling them and then you lose your rag and you're like, <laughs> and they're like, ooh, what? And then, you know, that's kind of potentially a state that we sort of push out of them too early, too early, I think, especially when they start school. Um, So it's it's pushed out of them. And then, you know, school, higher education, jobs, career. And then at some point in our lives, we go, I need to get back to that state again. I need to play again. I need to be totally immersed in something rather than as we were saying earlier that head state you know yeah. and you're just like ah and that so that I mean because yeah we, we did we set up the I'm Life project we're yeah. still going to be doing some things with yes. that together yes but we all kind of set it up and we had great plans to do things and then we just couldn't because of we couldn't because of, all the schools were on board they wanted us to do things yes. but then we were, that was it we couldn't do it because of the summer yeah all the kids were back with us but I think yeah all three of us yourself myself and Matt all sort of went off and I've started to explore Suddenly. coaching you've started to explore yeah. your things Matt's doing more of his mentoring and things but it's interesting and what I found interesting talking to you about the course that you were doing was how much it brought up for you because mm. it's like all these things isn't it because you, mm. you had to have therapy as well doing the course to be yeah. To be a therapist, you have to, like with yes. all things, don't you? I mean, I remember being yeah. t- trained to be a yoga teacher. Mm. I felt like that was two years of therapy, to be honest. Yes. Because you learn so much about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And it was, I've never had psychotherapy. 
So, um, you know, I've always considered myself, you know, fairly sort of, um, I've been through a process, let's put it that way. I've been through a process. I've had many experiences. I feel like I've had quite a few lives in my nearly 42 years. But the psychotherapy, so just to uh, clarify, mm. after this year's course, I won't be a psychotherapist. I've literally just been drawing the elements from this fantastic course yeah. with the Institute for Art in Psychotherapy, which is based up in Islington in London. Fantastic institute um, with a wonderful faculty. Um, but it's a foundation course. So um, obviously when you go into training to be a counsellor or psychotherapy, you have to have your own therapy yeah. because when you're using these mediums and they're very powerful mediums, whether it be movement mm. or music or drama or um, sand play, clay, mm. um, the, the things that can come up and, and they're, they're like triggers. So of course you have to have your own therapy alongside that to bring yeah. up these things that, that, that come up. And um, again, you know, alongside what we were talking about earlier with the, the, the grieving, which has been a big, a big process um, for me. Uh, you know, dad died, it'll be four years ago this July. <laughs> I can still feel it, it comes mm. up in my throat um, when I talk about him. Um, but the 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 fact you know we carry all this stuff potentially from from childhood and it yeah. shapes who we are yeah and potentially really stops us being who we need to be absolutely and I think yeah and I think like you say you're not you're not necessarily continuing with that course but that's taught you so much hasn't it yeah and really molded what you've wanted to do and it's been very interesting to sort of observe you sort of developing what you wanted to do so yeah. obviously you know being fortunate enough to be a good friend of yours I've I've had insights into who you are and what you want to do but what's yeah. really because we're going to talk about what you're going to be doing <laughs> which is very exciting which is why I've literally said oh. Anna you're coming on the big chat <laughs> next week this is the time because of what's happening. Mm. So over the last few months, you you have been sort of developing your craft mm. and all of these things that you've got and your Reiki as well, mm. you know, not to mention the Reiki training that you've got, which lots of people have been saying it's phenomenal mm. that you have such a gift at healing as well. Mm. So it's brilliant. So what's what's been happening? Where's all this... Well, I was percolating, been, wasn't I? Was per I have like a cauldron yes. stirring. I remember we were talking about yes. this. And a I unicorn like, I was, cauldron. I was not simmering. A, not a green, <laughs> horrible one, a beautiful <laughs> unicorn one. But yes, you have been. I was percolating and I, I, I knew it was coming. And do you know what? Going back to what we were just saying, um, I think over the years, I've just been aware of this. I, 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 I've kind of always had this sense of where I want to be. Mm. But like a lot of us, unfortunately, for, for many years, I've had this crushing self-doubt mm. and mistrust in the power of my own voice. And so, you know, having done this course and having had my own therapy and sort of having this wonderful community around me, you know, wonderful friends and close people that are so inspiring and and you know percolating and sitting and thinking and I just thought I'm gonna do it yeah. I'm gonna do it I'm gonna relaunch so I'm relaunching um under the name of Anna Robertshaw because that's it's a great name my name that's your name cut off my legs and call me shorty <laughs> <laughs> but, that, but that's it isn't it it's yeah. your name 
that is that is who you are and it's yeah. it's because all these things that you do there are many things you are not one all of us are many things yeah but, but this is great because you're bringing together everything that you're doing everything that you've learned and you're relaunching so tell us a bit tell us a bit about the relaunch what what can be what can we expect from Anna Robertson? So the relaunch, mm-hmm. I'm so excited. It's all come to fruition very quickly. Um, it's happening on the 1st of May. Mm-hmm. So on the 1st of May, I'll be launching my all-new website, yeah. my all-new social media platform on Instagram. Yeah. There'll be uh, free video footage on YouTube, my Amazing. YouTube channel, which will be um, yoga, yeah. meditation, movement. Brilliant. And um, then the other big announcement, which I'm so excited about, is um, I will be running a UK retreat, a five-star luxury retreat at the end of August um, at a wonderful location that's very nearby. Very nearby. It's very nearby. How you've manifested that. You don't have to get on aeroplanes or... Honestly. It's (laughs) It's beautiful. And I've co-created with my very dear friend and 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 housemate uh kerry this underpinning um and the message of um anna robertshaw is the idea of the north star Mm. so um we we've we've utilized actually i'm looking at your walls and seeing these stars stars. Mm. so the the north star being um you know the anchor point Mm. in in the sky and i love the idea that it's the still point and it's the still point it gives hope and inspiration yeah and it stays still while the night sky shifts around it so metaphorically speaking north star um under anna robertshaw will be um all about finding people's personal statements that's beautiful their missions their purpose Mm -hmm. And actually giving people tools and equipping them so that they can find their own stillness. And especially based on what we've talked about today, um, you know, the shifting world, Mm. these vast changes and the huge amount of anxiety that I've experienced alongside so many people around us. It's time now. It's time that we really empower ourselves because... You know, there's so much happening. There's so many changes, and I think to find that sort of fixed point, yeah. that destination that we're all hoping to get to potentially, absolutely, and using all of these wonderful um, and that's beautiful. Mediums. I think that's beautiful. North, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. That's really you. aligned with you. That's wonderful, yeah, and I you. think that yeah like you say finding that stillness Mm. and it's it's nice that you shared today that you have felt anxious and you have felt self-doubt because Mm. I think that's something you and I have talked many times about this Mm. that people just assume that we don't right we talk about this a lot right (laughs) like I doubt myself a lot (laughs) I mean maybe people think yeah we can see that but it never a lot of people think I'm really confident really super but we all have anxiety and we all have that voice that Yes. Don't we? Yeah, we do. Because, like we're always talking about, uh, you see me, mm. I see you, yeah. I live with myself mm. 24-7, mm. I go to bed with myself every single night, yeah. no one knows me like I know me, mm. and I know me warts and all, mm. and there's something that's very beautiful about that, you know, being in relationship with yourself, but there's also something really 
vulnerable about that too because yeah. like you say we you know all the light and all the dark yeah all the areas of sort of self-doubt or um yeah anxiety anybody that says that they don't necessarily struggle with those things or haven't in the past I don't know I'm not sure about that yeah I think it's because there is it is the light and the dark and there is no problem with that. If, mm. if people were a bit more open about it, then... Because there is so many things that you can do that can move you away from it. Of course. That's the beautiful thing. And it's like even, like you mentioned earlier, with the self-care and the, the Epsom salt baths. I mean, I feel like I want one now, actually. Yeah. But it's just but it's just those lovely little things, those yeah. little rituals. Mm. Or having, you know, meditation, movement, d- doing... Having my ears pinned. You know, I said to yes. you the other day, I was like, I need some more pinning. And, yeah, but all yeah. these little things. And when you learn these toolkits that you can have, mm. it's a wonderful experience because mm. then you learn how to center yourself. Mm. And that's the greatest gift, I think, is when you learn how, like you say, you live with yourself. You don't need external validation. No. You don't need external experience. You don't need alcohol or substance or whatever absolutely you can have those things if you want absolutely. them absolutely but you can sort of self you you say this a lot self-regulate self-regulate yeah and that's important yeah breathing tuning in knowing how you're feeling when you get up in the morning spending time during the day and thinking okay how am I feeling right now yeah what's going on I'm just going to take a few breaths I'm going to breathe through this but it was interesting um you know what you were just saying about um the, the the therapies and and that's a key point mm. and this is something that i really want to hone yeah. okay is that th- therapy and healing look i'm a wonderful person obviously i'm very special but look there's nothing special about me mm. we are all uniquely Absolutely. incredible and Absolutely. special So the point, again, of my next endeavor is to make sure that people start to own their own sense of healing power Mm. and presence because then you're not going to other people all the time, that sort of sense of codependency. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to, you know, pay out to go and see somebody, a chiropractor, you know, great. We all need that from time to time. Yeah. to keep churning out the money again because it's coming back to the point of you know what's best for you. Yeah. I know what's best for me. Yeah. And then within that space, we're all able to kind of stay open, you know, live life hopefully through heart space. Mm. Um, because again, I think, and going back to what we were just saying about some people perhaps that don't experience anxiety or fear or say they don't. I would probably suggest is some kind of suppression. Mm-hmm. You know, they pushed it down. And what happens is when we suppress, we can't be boundaried. You know, boundaries, we talk about this yeah, a lot, right? Yeah, boundaries are such an intrinsic part of growing up. Absolutely. And I'm nailing this message and honing this or trying to with my boys. It's like, you're going to make mistakes Life is an experience. There's no right and wrong, but you have to first and foremost look after yourself. Absolutely. And I remember in the past people saying to me, you only think about yourself, you know, as a selfish thing. And I'm like, that is not selfish because if I can't look after myself, no one else can. But not in a sort of like alpha no. way, but just... And also, as we've talked about many times, you know, you have three boys, I have two children. 
we bring them up. We, yes. yes, we have supportive fathers. They have supportive fathers that support us. But ultimately, we do that on our own. Yeah. And now as women as well, we're working, we're mm. mothers. We're, it, there is so many more things. Yeah. And that's okay, you know, mm. but learning how to look after yourself is so important and it shouldn't be made to you know it shouldn't be made to feel selfish and I feel that push pull a lot that Mm. I've got to be this businesswoman and I've got to be this and I've got to be that but I've also got to be the best mum and I've also got to be the best ex-wife and I've also got to be the best friend and I've also got and honestly like Mm. no one is that superhuman and actually sometimes taking some time out and Mm. you've been very um generous in helping me explore that Mm. you you know on a friendship level and I Mm. think you'll that'll be a great gift you give to people that work with you Mm. and that come on retreats with you you. because you're you're a good guide on that Anna you really are you do guide people into doing that and making them realize that's not selfish it's important Mm. thank you because we can't give from an empty cup it's just as simple as that no absolutely we can't and that's when I think we experience the acute anxiety Mm. and then you know that has a massive effect stress and anxiety have a huge effect on our bodies definitely and that's when you're more susceptible to disease dis-ease definitely so that you know this is like i've always said this this is like the pension scheme for our bodies yeah right we're we're taught that we should invest money money is such a big thing you know we, we pay into pension schemes we have to be very sensible well, how about we also pay into our pension scheme for ourselves? For Absolutely. Our and it's so true. This is an investment. And I feel like actually throughout the last 12 months, people are starting to address that more. I think they are. So the time is right. The time is now, yeah. So we, I mean, we're definitely going to talk to you more. This is not the only conversation we're going to be having with you, without a shadow of a doubt. And you know I'm keen for you to do more of these, (laughs) Anna Robert Shaw, yourself, because I think you've got so much wonderful things to say. So I hope we can look forward to hearing more about you. Where can people find, I mean, it's great. Anna Robert Shaw is quite a good good name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but do they look for Anna Robertshaw North Star? Do they look, where do they find you? First of May, which is this coming out on Friday. It'll be Monday. Monday. Where do they go to find out what you're doing? So on Instagram, it will be Anna Robertshaw. Yeah. My Facebook is Anna Robertshaw. Yeah. Um, my website is AnnaRobertshaw.com. Amazing. So Anna Robertshaw. Fantastic. <laughs> and I just yeah, I I would just personally invite everyone to to take a look at what you do because. It is phenomenal. And also, I think it's such a great advocate of being able to create um, a business and an abundance from doing something that you really love Mm. and that's really good for people and yourself. Mm, Thank you. I think it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us today. And yeah, I'm just so excited. And your retreat again, I'm going. Yes, you're there. You have a spot. I'm (laughs) there. But it's August. And can everyone find out about that? It's the bank holiday weekend in August. Okay. Um, I will be posting up on my social media channels all about that. There'll be the pictures where it's at. Because that will be limited spaces, I imagine. It will be limited spaces, yeah. It's very beautiful. Yes. That's what I Stunning. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. And best of luck, Anna Robertshaw, with Anna Robertshaw. Thank you. Thank you.